This episode was weird. <laughs> Flat out. That's all I got for the intro. Hello and welcome to Obsession Bluey, a podcast where I talk about the things I'm obsessed with. And for this season, season one, I'm talking about the hit Australian children's show Bluey. It is an amazing show. Even the weird episodes are good. Just a quick note before I start this podcast. Um, I've had a kind of a rough last few days, uh, just with some stuff that's happened in my life, and I don't really... I didn't really want to come out with another episode the rest of this week, but I've talked about this before, and this episode actually deals with it a little bit, but the idea of distraction is a powerful thing, and this episode helped distract me from some of the more frustrating and difficult parts of my life, and that's something, again, that I really hope that this podcast can do for you as well. So enjoy listening. Short recap on this really weird, but kind of fun episode. The cousins are coming over. And last time the cousins came over, they spilled passion fruit all over Polly Puppy, Bluey's favorite toy. So she tries to put it away in a safe place, but her dad distracts her and it falls out of her arms. Socks runs into the house and will not let go of Polly Puppy for the whole day. And Bluey and the rest of the gang need to find a way that she will. The whole group learns a valuable lesson about greed and horse marriages. <laughs> Just kidding. They learn about teamwork. The episode starts off with Bluey sitting on the floor of the playroom with a pink bear she seems to love. There's a few random toys scattered around the playroom, but... It actually seems pretty neat compared to the previous episodes. Um, there's that lizard thing that we've talked about in previous podcast episodes, but there's only one of them this time. Bluey starts a little dialogue. Today, Polly, and she boops her pink bear on the nose. The cousins are coming over. Mom and Aunt Trixie are going to play hockey. That means we can play horsey with Dad and Uncle Stripe. Then she picks up Polly in her arms and asks her, is that going to be fun? And she responds as Polly in a very high-pitched voice, Yeah, I think so. Ah, good Polly puppy. And then the bell rings and we hear Muffin. I can only assume it's Muffin because Muffin is the only one of the two cousins that speaks so far. And she is yelling, Bluey! <laughs> a few things to note and ask in this first scene. The first is, is field hockey just normally called hockey in Australia? Because they aren't going to go play American or Canadian hockey with ice. They've got their field hockey sticks. And I'm just curious if Bluey is abbreviating or if she's even just saying it properly. I just don't know. The second is I really love the enthusiasm and excitement that Muffin has here to play with Bluey. She's just so excited that she can't even contain herself when she's at the front door. I'm sure Trixie and Stripe are at the front door looking around the neighbors' houses because Muffin is yelling quite loudly here. But I really dig the anticipation of wanting to see someone so badly that you have to scream their name at the front door. 
There's a quote that I haven't found the source of, but initially I found it in a really moving video about a dog on YouTube called Denali. It's a really beautiful tribute. And honestly, it's one of the, my favorite short little films. It's just about a, it's like a reflection about a man and his relationship with his dying dog. But in the end of that video, he says this. There's this super smart scientist who said, we can learn a lot from dogs. He said that when someone you love walks through the door, even if it happens five times a day, you should go totally insane with joy. And Muffin, Muffin, our very own Muffin is doing that. I do really love when dogs do that when you walk through the front door. And again, I think Muffin is just exemplifying that energy, that excitement to see someone. Bluey gets equally excited as she kind of yelps, they're here, and she gets up and runs her little feet over to the door. She is literally so excited that she is squealing and giggling the entire way to the door. She bypasses her mom on her way to the door, mom with her hockey bag over her shoulder and her stick in her hand, and as she grabs the knob to open it, and she actually does open it at just a tiny little crack, mom shuts the door with her stick. A stern little move by Chili. And she's doing it just so she can remind her daughter of something quick before everyone storms in. Bluey, last time the cousins visited, you got upset because they spilled passion fruit all over Polly Puppy. And Bluey understands exactly where mom is going with this and finishes her thought. Oh yeah, I better put her away. Chili lets her and us know why Bluey is putting her away. She's your special puppy. Yes, I'll put her in my room. She says that and she scampers back the way she came. And as she's running toward the stairs, she runs into her dad and Bingo walking together toward the door to greet the cousins. Bingo is just trying to be a goofball again. He's like uh, just a lovable goofball. And he says, oh, there's my watermelon. And he picks up Louie and pretends to eat her belly like a watermelon. It is a bit interesting and I'm curious if him and Bingo were playing some kind of game in another room where they lost the watermelon we're trying to find it or something but bandit's fun playful activities are causing more stress than anything else just like in keepy uppy some of the things he did in that game made the game a little too hard and took away some of the bits of fun at the end the same is true for this game bandit is so keen on making his daughters laugh and enjoy the time that they have together that when he picks her up and pretends that she is his missing watermelon, he doesn't know that Bluey needs to put away Polly Puppy. And he takes the fun having kind of just a little bit too far. It goes to show that sometimes your intentions with the person might be pure and fun, and you might have really positive intentions, but the impact you have on a person could be something completely different and could even be something that harms them. This is important because we do need to keep reminding ourselves that when we take care of people in the way that they want to be taken care of, that's probably the better of the two, rather than taking care of the person in the way that we want to take care of them. Every person is different. And to assume a one-size-fits-all solution on one person can cause some serious harm on that person. And in the moment, Bandit grabs Bluey and pretends to eat her, She drops Polly Puppy and seems to forget all about her as Dad attacks. They walk over to the door, and Dad puts her down, and Aunt Trixie says, G'day, Bingo. G'day, Bluey. 
To which I would like to make a comment. I have subtitles on now for these episodes of Bluey and Good Day, like G-O-O-D-D-A-Y. I think that's how it would normally be spelled. But in the subtitles, it's spelled G-I-D-D-A-Y. <laughs> this is this is mind-blowing. It's another cool part of language that I love, that sometimes something said with an accent can be smushed together and made its own word with the vernacular spelling. But rather than say good day to Bandit, Trixie just says, hello, Bandit. There might be some like bad blood between the two or something. I don't know. But she says it pretty cordially, so it doesn't matter that much. But then Uncle Stripe jumps in and does the finger guns and says, hey, kids, how you going? <laughs> These brothers, Stripe and Bandit, are way too familiar. And they're so similar, too. Remember in the Keepy Uppy episode when dad comes in singing and greets them as party people? Stripe seems to have that same kind of energy, especially with the finger guns. And he greets his brother as well. The general cheesiness of the brother is really fun to see. And also, I'm sorry, but how you going? It just doesn't make sense. I guess, I guess how are you doing doesn't really make much sense either, but it's just something that we kind of just say too much and say so much that it just makes sense from overuse. So I guess how you going is kind of cool. Maybe I'll just start saying how you going. Anyway, as our attention here is on Stripe and Bandit, if you rewatch the scene, there's a cute amount of quiet waves that the kids give the adults and then each other. Bingo and Bluey, as always, are particularly cute in this sequence. Then we get the ultimate parent move of having one of the parents tell the kid to show another one of the parents something you have or something that you did. Trixie tells Muffin in this instance, oh, show Aunt Chili your thongs, Muffin. And... <laughs> In American English, this is a terrifying sentence. <laughs> and I want to let all the Americans know in this episode that the thing that was being referred to are Muffin's new sandals. Okay, they are her sandals. We are not talking about the article of clothing we here in America refer to as thongs. Note ended. <laughs> I don't know why a dog is wearing thong sandals, though, because no one else in her family seems to be wearing sandals or shoes of any kind. It actually makes me a bit curious if there's, like, some kind of foot disease that Muffin has and the doctor kind of ordered her to wear these sandals, um, like the cone of shame or something. Um, and even if it's... I'm even, like, more curious why she has to tell only Aunt Chili that she's wearing sandals or thongs, according to the Aussies. Like, why didn't Trixie tell Muffin to tell her cousins that she has on these thong sandals? There's something behind the scenes here that I just don't understand. Sometimes I want to attribute these things that I don't understand to the writers, just in the writer's room, telling inside jokes with each other, and then maybe one slips inside an episode. But for an inside joke like that to make it into the final cut of a, sh of a kid's show, I don't know about that. So I just kind of feel like there's something behind this. And I have some outlandish theories that are almost too outlandish to even suggest. But of course, I'm going to suggest them. My first theory is that Chili is part of some kind of pyramid scheme. Like an essential oil kind of thing. <laughs> A lot of moms her age get in on. But instead of essential oils, it's sandals. And Trixie was just kind of roped into buying some sandals that Chili was selling. And she gave them to Muffin who was forced to wear them. 
and show them to Chili just to show her that they liked them. <laughs> That's theory number one. Theory number two is that Chili has had some lasting damage done to her by thong sandals, and Trixie is almost staging an intervention with this line. Like, I know thong sandals hurt you, Chili, but look at my daughter here who is wearing thong sandals, and she is still fine. <laughs> Chili doesn't quite get it, though. Or she pushes the hurt deeper back into her heart because she just says, oh, great, and moves on to greeting the gnawing, biting, chomping socks. My third theory is that the writers of the show just wanted to freak out Americans here with the word thong. <laughs> this is my most likely theory. I shall say no more on that because if it was, it was successful. And even if it wasn't intended, it was successful. But let's move on. Chili tries to pet Socks, but Socks nips at her finger. Sometimes, not saying anything too far on this one, but a dog will literally get put down for being this nippy and bitey. It's dangerous. I don't necessarily think it's right, but Socks has a limited amount of times to shape up before she could some kind of like endanger someone. She is a feisty little puppy. Trixie puts her down, a little scared of her from the look on her face, and Socks goes running into the other room and finds Polly Puppy on the ground. She goes over and grabs it in her mouth. Yuck. We cut back to the door and the rest of the gang is all standing there as Trixie and Chili say goodbye to the kids, go play some hockey. Note in the scene, everyone's ears are pointed, but one of Stripes is a bit floppy and foldy. I guess he's already dealing with some ED. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I can't say that. Goodness. It does make me curious though, like a lot of things in the show, if he's ever been in a fight or something and if another dog got his ear. Maybe he was just kind of like the prodigal son and went off and lived a double life. Maybe. Maybe his career as a burglar started with Bandit and on one job, they went, it just went bad and someone fought him and his ear has never really been the same since that fight. Trixie and Chili leave through the front door, though, as everyone says their goodbyes. And after everyone says something, we do hear a little delayed, see you later, from Bingo. And she even goes up on her little toes just a bit so that she can be seen by her mom. Whoever the child voice actor for Bingo is needs to win every award there is. Because just the cuteness in this one little phrase of Bingo saying, see you later. Oh, it's just enough for me to like swoon. This little girl is just the cutest. As the moms leave, the girls turn around to their dads. Bandit gets on one knee and says, all right, girls, who wants to sit on the couch and watch cricket? Stripe behind him, holding his breath and looking excited for the answers the girls give. No, not me. No way. The girls all respond at the same time. Bluey then jumps in front and suggests, let's play horsey ride. And all the girls shout their approval and run into the other room. The dads sigh and look dejected. Well, Bandit says, we gave it a shot. And we get the title card of the episode while Bluey lets us know that this episode of Bluey is called Horsey Ride. The next scene we get, Muffin and Bingo are riding on their dad's backs as horsies, and Bluey is leading them with a jump rope that both Bandit and Stripe have in their mouths. That is quite unhygienic, by the way. 
The horse names are Galahop and Sparkles. And Bluey leads them up onto this absolutely beautiful patio. This house is actually starting to annoy me with how beautiful it is. Today, that house is millions of dollars. You can't even find a shack for a reasonable price right now. I'd honestly just pitch a tent and live out on that patio. It's, it's just insane. The horses, apparently, are not giddy-upping properly. And so Muffin lets Sparkles know that when she does this and she kicks her heels into her dad's side, like an equestrian would do to their horse, it means giddy-up. And Bingo looks down at her dad and does the same thing. They climb up the two stone steps of the patio, looking like they are in a good amount of pain. That is actual pain on your knees, I'm not going to lie. They walk past some patio furniture and an absolutely stunning pot that I really, really want. And they stop. Muffin slaps her down in the face a little bit and says, Sparkles, we need more sparkles on her. Which, for most dads, is like your worst nightmare come true. This is honestly my greatest fear in parenting. If I ever do become a parent, to have sparkles and glitter and stickers all over you at all times, and you just have to take it because you're a parent. Ugh. I don't even want to talk about that anymore. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Stripe is a good sport, though, and he just takes it, and he already has some sparkles on his face. Bluey says she'll go get some glitter and the horses neigh at each other and we know exactly what they are saying without words. Sparkles, which is Stripe, is whimpering in pain and saying, no! And Bandit is just cackling at him with his neighs. It's kind of like a funny little brother moment right there. Bluey runs into the playroom though and finds Socks gnawing and chomping on something. Ah, Polly Puppy, Bluey says, finding out that it's her favorite toy. Then we cut back outside to a hilarious and really random scene where the horses are acting kind of like rams more than horses. It's such a random scene, but I love these scenes in Bluey. Like the just random cutaways that the characters are just doing something hilarious in. In this one, Bingo and Muffin are standing at the top of the bench that kind of goes around the tree and Bandit and Stripe literally headbutt each other on all fours. Like... What? Where does that even come from? It's incredible and hilarious, but why? They do kind of giggle at each other and smile before Bluey's yells of Dad cause him to come to the alert. They run into the other room and Bandit says, Hey, hey, okay, chill the beans, everyone. Wooden Aussie. I don't even know if these are like actually Aussie phrases, but they just seem like them. <laughs> that makes me laugh even harder. Bandit's personality is pretty funny in this whole thing. But Bluey explains the problem a bit further. Socks won't let go of Polly Puppy. And she says that and she stomps her foot. Then Muffin steps in. Muffin with a little bit of improvement in her otherwise grumpy personality before in the barbecue episode. She says, Socks, let Polly go. It's Bluey's special toy. Great awareness and care here, Muffin. I am really proud of your growth in just a few episodes. I do hope that she doesn't ruin it with something else she's going to say in a few seconds. Looking at you, Muffin, and literally the next line that you say. But before that, Stripe says he's going to give it a try. He goes down by Socks as Socks is growling and gnawing on Polly Puppy and says, Hey there, Rockstar. 
How about we... But he doesn't even get to finish the sentence before Socks nips at her own dad's fingers as he tries to grab Polly. This dog needs a little bit of discipline. Like a timeout. Or maybe even just like a stern look or something. That was the end of the deep well of Stripe's ideas. <laughs> and he says so as he moves back out on the outskirts of the group. Well, I'm out of ideas. Absolute dad move right there. Made me laugh. Then we get another muffin line. Please, muffin. You were doing so well in this episode. Don't say anything to mess. Oh, it's too late. I put all my toys away when my cousins come over, she says, and she says this with her finger in the air, her eyes closed, and a real tone of self-importance. She says, oh my gosh, you should have done that, Bluey. If I'm Bluey here, absolutely just tackling Muffin to the ground. Muffin, we got a lot to work on. But Bandit very quickly recognizes the insinuation and insult that Muffin is saying here and tries to mend it just by speaking up. Good idea, Muffin, he says, and gives Bluey a little side-eye look that is kind of like inferring that's what you should have done. I was going to do that, Bluey says, but you ate me like a watermelon and I got distracted. (laughs) Bandit looks around for a second. Well, no point playing the blame game, he says, We need a solution. (laughs) Bandit, you're so funny. Bluey is the only logical one here. We need for Sock something even more fun than Polly Puppy. What about a horsey ride, Bingo suggests, and smiles so excitedly. What about two horsey rides, Muffin adds, and I can't help but think she's thinking of herself for who gets the second horsey ride. What about a horsey wedding, Bluey suggests finally. And that is the answer we were all looking for. All of us except Bandit and Stripe. (laughs) They are not looking for that answer. And the game gets way beyond what they can handle. And very, it goes very quickly with all the suggestions. Sparkles can marry Galahop. And we can make confetti. And invite socks. The girls all suggest these things and start to jump around and chant, Horsey wedding! Horsey wedding! And you just can't disappoint your daughters in this situation. You just have to acquiesce and become a horse and have a wedding. The scene cuts to the backyard where the chairs are set up. There's aisles and there's carpets all over the grass to make it nice. This for sure took a little bit of time to set up. The dedication to this game, and especially for the dads, because we know that they're the ones that set it up, the dedication to their daughters, even in the midst of knowing that they are going to be thoroughly embarrassed, is just a very cool thing to see here. Bluey is up front, playing a little. You know, she's on the keyboard. And Bingo is to the side, um, just a little bit, and she has a cookbook open in front of her. And she has like these little springy heart things in her hair. The music is just a beat right now, as Bluey plays it, and they invite Socks to come to the wedding. But she does not move. She is not persuaded to release Polly Puppy and come to the wedding. Hmm, Bluey thinks. Bring out sparkles. And Muffin walks down the aisle with her dad, following behind her on all fours, with tons more sparkles in his fur. Blech. She throws some flowers down the aisle, and then the processional music kicks in with the beat in a really awful but kind of fantastic tune. Bandit, the one who has 
always committed to the bit, says, I'm the luckiest horse in the world. And his brother looks a little concerned here. And I'm sure he probably thinks he's a bit too in character. Muffin interrupts, though, and says, Horsies can't talk. She actually looks angry. Bingo clears her throat a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, she says, May Sparkles marry Galahop today. Muffin claps, and Bluey again yells on the little microphone on her keyboard, Socks, the wedding has started. Socks snarls in the playroom, but still does not move. It's not working. So Bluey asks Bingo to get them to say some things. You may now say some things, Bingo repeats, looking very proud of herself and very honorable in this scene. Everything that she does is cute. I've just got to come to grips with that. After Bingo says this, we get a shot of Bandit and Stripe next to each other, ready to say some things. Stripe looks around. Uh, I'm not marrying him. He stinks. To which Bandit looks a little hurt and says, <laughs> My heart is breaking. <laughs> but Muffin isn't satisfied here. And she speaks up. I said horses can't talk. And Bandit goes, Oh, I mean, nay. In a, like a sad sort of neighing way. Bluey is a bit frustrated here and grunts out, Let them get married. And Bingo says, You may now get married. <laughs> I honestly need to stop myself from just saying cute after every single line that Bingo has. But her repetition here is so stinking cute. Stripe nays his disapproval and Muffin jumps into the scene and the camera has a really close-up shot on her in all her righteous anger. She said, you may now get married. And Bluey speaks into the feedbacky mic and says, you have to say I do. Muffin adds on, yeah, but in horsey talk. There's a drum roll as the camera zooms in on the horsies, anticipating their answer. Bandit does a little cat call in the hay and Stripe, a little freaked out by that, backs up and runs away, knocking down the entire half aisle of chairs on his way. The kids fall over a bit, but start to chase Sparkles when they get back on their feet. They leave Bandit at the altar and he gives a little cry and an, oh. <laughs> Sparkles then moves through the playroom pretty quickly with all three girls in tow behind him. Come back, Sparkles. Mary Galahop, now. He prances into the kitchen and hides behind the counter as the girls go whizzing by into another room that I don't think we've been in yet. Kind of look like looks like a Chili and Bandit's room a bit, but we've only seen half of it, and it really doesn't have furniture in that half. But they look around at each other in the room and ask where Sparkles went. But then they hear some commentary in the other room, and the next shot we get is of Stripe just down on all fours in front of the TV watching cricket. <laughs> and Bluey storms in and goes, he's watching cricket. And all the girls chase after him as he runs away. It's also really great to see Muffin here laughing and enjoying herself rather than still having an angry look on her face. Small little steps of growth. Stripe neighs into the playroom and comes face to face with the dreaded socks. Socks growls and Stripe neighs and Socks look like, looks like she's about to do some real damage before Bingo and Muffin run in and jump on top of Stripe and start to wrestle him. Socks jumps for joy like a cute little puppy as the girls tell Socks the good job that she did. Bluey walks around the scrum on tippy toes and grabs Polly Puppy. 
She finally has it all safe and sound. And she looks at her uncle, and her uncle gives a little wink. It was all part of their plan from the beginning. Bluey tried, she tries to wink back, and it's just cute because it's not quite subtle, but you can tell she's really having fun and enjoying time spent with her uncle here. The shot goes wider, and we see Socks at the top of the scrum, howling her approval of everything that happened. Right after that, we cut to a still morning bandit at the altar. That means for like two to three minutes that there was stuff going on inside, Bandit was just still in character without anyone else watching or seeing what he was doing. Talk about dedication. Maybe the theme of this episode should be dedication. Bandit is still crying with his magic top hat on and the cookbook still open to a steak recipe in front of the carpet. And he says, I've been looking forward to this day all of my life and now it's ruined. But not so fast. We have a horse who is acquiescing to the fears of socks behind her growling and barking. And Sparkles is coming down the aisle. Again, is almost, it's kind of like a threat that she is. But as she walks down, Bandit has on these angry eyes. He looks mad at Sparkles, but he lightens up a bit as Sparkles stands next to him. All four girls now run to the other side and stand in front of them. Bingo leads them. You may now say I do. Glad it wasn't you may now kiss the bride. But the drums roll as the camera pushes in on the horses just standing there looking at each other. Then the scene cuts to Chili and Trixie coming in the front entrance before we even hear them say I do. Trixie says, well, I guess that's why we wear mouth guards. And I can't help but think that she had an errant shot that she got and cranked it just cranked right up in someone's mouth and she's just justifying herself here but as she says this they hear the wedding march play in the background in the backyard and they hear some cheers of approval from the girls the kids run up over to their moms in the next room and chili asks what have you kids been up to bandit tries to cover his tracks a bit and save himself from embarrassment and here stripe is just trying to wipe off some of the sparkles on him bandit goes on and says oh you know just regular childhood games but Bingo speaks up and has no fear of embarrassing the two. Uncle Stripe married dad, she says. Oh, really? Trixie says as the moms laugh and the girls start chanting again. Horsey wedding, horsey wedding. And the camera moves up on Bandit and Stripe as Bandit says, well, who can blame him? And Stripe rolls his eyes and the episode ends. Gladly, they aren't really married. Each episode, I am going to be talking about the four things that I noticed in the episode. Four, because there are four members of the family. These are not the most important parts of the show, but they're just things that I really liked. So, here we go. Number one, the carpets in the Healer household are rather cool. There are two in particular that I want to mention, and have wanted to mention for quite some time now, since literally the first episode. In the playroom, there is this avocado carpet that's pretty ugly, but I think it just works for the playroom. And it's just very Australian, in my opinion of Aussies. There's another one that it's just a watermelon and it's in the girls' room. I don't think I'd ever want those carpets in my house, but I do think they're kind of cool and very fun and playful. So 
More power to you healers for having those cool but ugly carpets in your house. Number two. This isn't so much something I noticed as something I kind of just freaked out about. In the very beginning of the episode when the doorbell rang, I legit thought it was my doorbell and freaked out. Not even listening on a computer with good speakers or anything, but just the spatial audio of this had me really going. I honestly looked toward my door when the doorbell rang. I was convinced for like two seconds that it was my doorbell. So well done audio engineers for this show. That was really good. Number three. In the barbecue episode, Stripe is shorter than Bandit. At least it appears. But in this episode, there are scenes when Stripe looks taller than Bandit. There is one scene, they're standing next to each other, and they are, they're pretty much the same exact height. But for the writers of the show, this is a message for you. Can we have a height of these characters online somewhere? I don't know which brother is taller. <laughs> There's also a really fun moment that is all over the Bluey Wikipedia page of this episode. Bandit loses the black markings on the top of his head for like a second in this episode when Uncle Stripe is walking like a horse down the aisle. So if you visit the Wiki, uh, the Wiki Bluey fan page on this episode, literally half the comments are bald bandit. <laughs> Just a fun little moment of fan camaraderie right here. We love that stuff here. It's also further confirming my theory that bandit is actually a bandit because I think he's normally bald but always puts on that mask or toupee or whatever it is. So he's like a reverse bandit. Most bandits cover their appearance when they go burglarize. Bandit always has his real, a bald appearance covered. And then when he goes to rob, he takes off his mask and no one will recognize him at all because he's bald bandit. I'm telling you, this theory is going to come up and it's going to be true in an episode in the future. I will find and discover one little slip up that Bandit has, and I will win this. Number four, I have to mention another decoration and design part of the house. In the very last scene, and I think it's in a few scenes before that too, like when Bandit ate Bluey as a watermelon, there's this massive fossil of two footprints hanging on one of their walls. I don't even know what kind of footprints these are. They're like dinosaur footprints or something like that maybe. But I feel like this has to be some kind of obsession or hobby that Bandit and Chili have together. Maybe like they occasionally go out, dust up some fossils, and they do it only so they can decorate their house up a little bit more or something. <laughs> Maybe this is like the dog prequel to Jurassic World or Jurassic Park. And Bandit is just some dude trying to bring dinosaurs back from extinction. My theories on this know no ends. But I really like that design aesthetic. I feel like I want to carry that over into some of my house every episode we are going to be talking about the theme of this episode of bluey and the theme of this episode of bluey horsey ride is teamwork it was kind of hard to find a good theme in this one as there were just a lot of weirdly negative emotions like greed anger and forcefulness of marrying these two horsies when only one of them really wants to get married but I think there's a fun little aspect of this episode that showed true teamwork and as a sub-theme, true dedication to the bit, which is an ongoing theme in Bluey. There is one small little problem that the gang encounters, though. That Socks will just not give up Polly Puppy. And the group tries to solve problems in their own way. Bluey tries to grab it, Muffin tries to command her sister, and Stripe 
tries to snatch it away from her, but none of those work individually. Only when they have this elaborate plan to have a horsey wedding and they get massively distracted by Sparkles leaving Galahop at the altar so we finally get a scrum worthy enough to distract Socks so Bluey could grab her beloved stuffed animal. It's a really brilliant ploy here because I've seen some of this stuff happen before and I've seen the power of distraction. It's an interesting thing that usually the toy one of my nieces or nephews wants to play with is being played with by another one of their cousins who looks like they're having a great time with it. And it's not enough just to say to play with another toy. You have to make another toy look more attractive and fun than the toy that their cousin or their sibling is playing with. And that's essentially what Bluey is trying to do here. She's trying to provide more enjoyable and fun things than tearing apart her stuffed Polly puppy. And so everyone chips in and really commits to the bit. Stripe is the only one who is half in, half out. But he still happened to stir up enough trouble that it made the game even more interesting and gave Bluey a chance to get the stuffy. One of my favorite sports stories of all time is Leicester City winning the Premier League a few years back in 2016. They had 5,000 to 1 odds of winning it in the beginning of the year. But they didn't care about that. And because they showed great teamwork and dedication to each other and the team at large, they were able to pull off the impossible and win it, and it became one of the greatest sports stories ever. I've coached a number of teams, and I really do see this all the time. There is some marginal amounts of difference between high school teams and between some certain college teams with um, their skill level. But at the end of the day, I find that the best team is one that just believes they will win, that has the confidence and are dedicated to a single purpose. It's some of the Ted Lasso stuff, you know, the believe energy that he wants to get through his team's head. And here, because the family is committed to the bit of trying to distract Socks, they are able to pull off the impossible and finally get back Polly Puppy. I saw a video a few um, hours ago, and it was of two high school teams playing basketball. And one high school team was ranked number six in the nation, and the other one was an unranked team, but they had just gone on a 27-game winning streak. This team with a 27-game winning streak was much less athletic than the other team. They were much shorter than the other team. But they stuck to their guns. They did what they had to do, and they actually won by, I think, like 10 or 12 points. This team in Bluey was just a weirdly assembled team. But this episode, I think, shows the importance of teamwork to accomplish your goals. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Every episode, we are going to be awarding the Best in Show Award. Now, this award is just for the person who was like the MVP of that episode. And the Best in Show Award for this episode of Bluey is Uncle Stripe. Just for a few small little reasons, to be honest. The first is that while he may not be fully committed to the bit, he's a great uncle and a great horsey. He makes this episode really, really comical and much lighter with just well-timed jokes. The cricket watching was one of my favorite parts of the episode as he just tries to sneak away for a, minute, for a few minutes so that he can watch a game of cricket. 
I love that he's just so into that and that the girls make light of it. I also love how he willingly subjects himself to having sparkles sprinkled all over him. Like that is some serious dedication. And even though he didn't play the part perfectly, he had sparkles all over him, which gave him a lot of extra points in my book. And then finally, I think the real reason why he wins this award in this episode is because of the single little wink that he gave Bluey. I don't really love it when people wink at me because sometimes it just seems pandering or a little condescending, but this moment was really beautiful. Here, it's just a cute moment when Stripe has really helped Bluey get something that she really wanted. And the wink between them is just acknowledgement just between them of their teamwork and the pleasure at accomplishing the goal. So Uncle Stripe, may you rest on a couch and enjoy the rest of the cricket game for the rest of the day. Enjoy your well-earned Best in Show award. Every episode, I am going to share a story from my life because Bluey helps me remember different stories in my childhood. And I think it's fun to reminisce about those. And this episode brought up This episode was a weird episode, and I want to give you a flat-out weird story from my childhood that kind of mirrors this one slightly, less with the horsey thing. But one time when I was in elementary school, during lunch, someone took their tinfoil and made a ring out of it. A few guys at the table, seeing how cool it looked, decided to make rings ourselves, and it ended up being really fun. The next day, one of our friends took his fingernail and smoothed the tinfoil back over so it looked like it hadn't even been used, Then he folded it over and made it look like an actual ring. It was actually pretty amazing how far our technological achievement had come in just a few short hours. We had recess right after lunch and one of my friends made the joke during recess of proposing to the girl he had a crush on, Chris proposing to Abby. Nothing really ever happened and they both laughed about it, but that set his mind ablaze. (laughs) And the next day at lunch, he finished his cookies quickly and smoothed out his tin foil, and then proceeded to put a piece of jelly from his peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the ring to make it look like a gym. The thing did not dry super fast and slid right off pretty quickly, but he proposed again to Abby, this time at lunch, and she joked around and said yes, keep in mind that we're like in fifth grade or something. So at recess, we had a whole fake ceremony with rings and had a fake marriage between the two of them. Chris, he was my best friend in fifth grade, so... I was his best man. (laughs) I still remember Imani was Abby's maid of honor. It's wild that I still remember some of this stuff. I don't really remember the rest of the thing, but I do remember it was a lot of chaos and a lot of giggling. And the ring making kind of lasted another week before it was replaced by something else, as most trends do. So all that to say, I played this game before. (laughs) I did not act like a horse, like Bandit and Stripe. But I do have nieces and nephews now, so maybe this will happen sooner or later. Yikes. Anyway, I'll be seeing ya. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Bluey. I am coming out with an episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. These episodes take a long time to make, but they are so much fun and I would not want to do anything else with my time. It's so, so much fun to watch Bluey, to come up with theories and to just record this podcast about it. 
If you want to support me and you like this podcast, give me a rating and write me a review on wherever you listen to podcasts. That really, really helps. And it's, I would love to have more of your input as the show goes along too. Um, I do have social media with this podcast. Just look up Obsession Bluey on Instagram and Twitter and follow me personally on TikTok for some good Bluey content. I'm really excited for the rest of this journey. I can't wait to grow more obsessed with this amazing little TV show. And I can't wait to keep talking with you guys about mm, our collective obsession with Bluey. It's a great, great show. <laughs>